Hi, this is presenter Crystal Dinapoli, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Indigenuity, a weekly radio show hosting conversations with Indigenous knowledge holders showcasing all forms of Indigenous ingenuity. Indigenuity is broadcast live on Triple R each Sunday afternoon. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website or Twitter at IndigenuityAU. Yama, and welcome back to Indigenuity on 3RRR. Before I begin, I do want to acknowledge that we have the great privilege of being able to broadcast out from the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri people. So I'd like to pay my respects to elders past and present uh, and acknowledge, yeah, the continued connection to our land, our waterways and skies for uh, the Wurundjeri people being the custodians of the knowledge that belongs to this beautiful country. So today uh, we're going to be speaking to Victor Stephenson. He's a Tagalaka author, musician and consultant applying traditional knowledge values in a contemporary context. He's the author of two excellent books, which I really, really love, really, really endorse. So I'm very excited to be speaking with him today. The first one is called Fire Country, How Indigenous Fire Management Could Help Save Australia, which is a very powerful title. And also the recently published children's book, which is called Looking After Country with Fire, Aboriginal Burning Knowledges with Uncle Koo. And it's illustrated by Sandra Stephenson. And it's such a beautiful book. It's, it's not only just very informative, but it's just the way it's, uh, the way it's done and set up, the story it tells, the illustrations. I found it really powerful. And it's, it's a children's book, right? Which is so exciting because I feel like it's the exact type of thing that our young people need to be reading. Victor, welcome to Indigenuity. Thank you for coming on. Hello. Hi. So, look, I have some questions. I've been so eager to talk with you. I'm so glad that we're finally having this yarn. Um, I wanted to start off seeing if you could maybe tell us and the listeners, tell me and the listeners, a little bit about yourself and how you found yourself in this role of working with fire and educating people about it. Uh, yeah, I just, um, it's been a love for country, you know, and um, learning about culture ever since I was small because um, um, we didn't grow up on country and and um, you know, we grew up. I grew up in a small town, but um, also with um, local Aboriginal people there as well in the communities. And and then I wanted to um, learn more, and so um, I made up my business, you know. And when I left school, I just went bush and you know talked to um, neighbouring clan groups as well, and and just worked with rangers and just got jobs as community rangers, and um, yeah, and just fulfilled that. And um, and it's just been a um, something that I've just always, you know, endeavoured and loved. And um, then you sort of see, you know, what's going on with the country, you know, and what's happening with um, the landscape and the alarm that the elders were raising as well in the communities. And it's just incredible that, um, you know, that there's so much damage done to the land. And, and so you have to do something about it. And so we started to do something. And it was the Kukutapan elders that started doing the fire and, you know, we started working together earlier, recording knowledge and living together and uh, for many years. And um, from there, it was just, um, you know, that effort echoed a little bit with other communities and other people came and joined what we were doing and we did workshops for them and one thing led to the next. And um, here we are um, today with so many communities getting involved and it's just so great to be um, part of that and um, and see, um, you know, the, the motivation happening across the country with many communities and even non-Indigenous people get involved in supporting the Indigenous communities as well and seeing good change happen, but there's a lot of work to do, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, and so, you know, and that and doing my love of music as well and, you know, making films for many years and using film as a way of teaching people and training people on country and learning how to read country and getting elders to record their knowledge and um, get people to speak on their own country and speak for their country for, you know, like for learning for their children and, you know, trying to get more support um, and doing that for education and, you know, it's just really important to um, to know that, um, you know, the future is about looking after the land and because that's something that, you know, keeps that little culture alive, but it's also something that's going to be vital too to the future of the nation and and for the future generations, you know, after us that got to deal with um, fixing a lot of the problems that has been, mistake, you know, some of the mistakes of the past. So, so you know, it's something worth throwing your life that day and everyone, and there's many people more than me that are doing that, you know, communities and it's just so great to see that that's building up more and um, so many regions around Australia and even overseas as well people are you know learning from us and echoing from them you know from Aboriginal Australia from all the communities that are doing their efforts and it's just um, really lovely you know that yeah. um, there's something started you know and um, it's exciting if everyone just gets in and works together and help make that happen for everyone you know yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> it's- so I, I guess like I'd like to get your your sort of take because I, I grew up in country Victoria. Uh, we've experienced, yeah. like most of the country, really devastating bushfires, which were terrifying. I remember being caught up in the Black Saturday bushfires back in t- 2008 and how terrifying that was trying to get back to my town um, from yeah. being out further in the country. And it feels like we go through these cycles constantly. And I, we, I feel like I've grown up always hearing people sort of uh, imploring that we need to be speaking with traditional knowledge holders about ways that we can start caring for country with fire to prevent these disasters. From your experience, how do you feel like, have we made much progress in the last couple of decades with that conversation? Are we close or are we still a long way to go? Well, and, you know, like I said, you know, there's been like, you know, there has been change and I've seen great change in attitudes and I see a lot more people looking at, you know, um, Try and implement these um, these practices, and and you know, try and get training involved, and help communities to you know achieve that um, way of gaining that capacity to manage their land. You know, and that's something that's just really um, that we're working towards there. It's just um, hard to um, do that at the moment with um, you know, because it's a long way to go. Because we've still got the government's not really supporting it properly. They are giving some funding now. And, um, um, plastics has just received a little bit of funding for support and other agencies, I see other communities now getting a little bit of funding, but what's really needed is not just that, to see like the same old way of like, oh, let's see how the communities go and um, see, you know, if they can make it work themselves. We need the whole um, government to see it more than just funding. We needed to see um, people working together and starting to change legislations and getting the right training models happening and, and, and sitting down at the round table with with everyone and making sure that there's regional programs for that suit the regions and their communities and um, be serious about it and involve the whole and whole community and and put the education in for the children and things like that because at the moment like you know they haven't done anything to the scale that um, that we want to see in terms of managing the land and they don't we want people out there full time like how people were like managing putting fires in all the time because there's such a big window and, and, and they don't use the opportunities that we can see that are completely safe 
and good for our environment and good for learning and reviving knowledge and practice and health and everything that connects to it that multi benefits and and um so we're so far away yet from that and but yeah we're close in a sense of um you know getting that boost where um you know it can get it's it's, it's opportunity to demonstrate itself to its fullest and we just got to keep working harder because there's a lot of you know competitiveness around this because you know um, there's such a um, they're just setting their ways you know mm-hmm. fighting fire and and you know and, and all these things and it's just um, you know turning those mindsets is really really hard but um, because there's a lot of um, you know different agendas around it as well and and um, and so yeah but I reckon. You know, we're almost there, you know, in the sense of um, really getting some successful um, programs happening. There's some exciting things happening with um, many communities this year and, and for the next five years in Australia. And, and so now, um, uh, hopefully this now will um, will shine and, and yeah, and, and, and spread into water and spread into all the other problems that are in our landscape because there's dire straits out there for a lot of the country, uh, you know, just as much as people are getting... You know, for the floods and stuff, well, that country's always suffering, and there's areas that animals are extinct now in some regions, you know, that, that you know, that you'll find in others, but not in other regions, because they're not there anymore. Because there's no food in the landscape, there's, um, you know, you can't even walk through the country, and, um, yeah, it's really sad. So, it's about, you know, understanding country and that identity of country and getting people to fix the land, and it's going to take a lot of work, and but it's meaningful work, and... And that's why the young people, we've got to get them to get excited about, you know, finding themselves, finding the knowledge and, you know, getting that connection back to their land and getting that boost. And I see that in young people all over, like, really get excited. And so it's possible, and of course it's possible if we get the right approach and support from, um, you know, like everyone, you know. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Including private landholders and across all tenures, Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to take the whole country to come together and start taking issues affecting country, whether it be land, uh, waters, and even, even sky country. Um, there's many things that we can do to help improve yeah. and help heal. So I think your books are an amazing first, like not first step, but an amazing step and contribution to reaching out to that younger generation and um, particularly with your uh, children's book, Looking After Country with Fire, but also Fire mm-hmm. Country as well, which is just a phenomenal read. Yeah. Uh I wanted to ask you some now some questions because I've I've loved your books. I've been such a fan, and it's so exciting for me to be able to speak with you now. And your your children's book, "Looking After Country with Fire: Aboriginal Burning Knowledges with Uncle Koo," uh, you started mm-hmm. off by dedicating it to the young ones who want to grow up being friends with fire. And I was wondering if you yeah. could explain to us what it means to be friends with fire in the context of this land land management process. Yeah, well, that's the thing, you know, like. The answer, in sense of everything, is the opposite to what we're doing now. I mean, at the moment we got the fear of fire, and that is completely from not managing the landscape, from um, a changed landscape since settlement came to this, to Australia, since the British came to Australia. You know, like that changed the entire landscape with how they occupied it right to this day, and they've created a flammable landscape. They've opened it all up. And that's created those um, massive wildfires and fed those, you know. We haven't got the old growth forest there anymore and the native grasses and areas and we're not managing constantly and understanding all the different ecosystems the right way and making our country as resilient as possible. 
they've set us back 500 years when they chopped down the, those big old 500 old thousand old trees, mm. you know, when they opened the land, getting that back again, you know. So, you know, that, that sort of thing has caused that fear. And um, now people are scared of fire. And when I, like you said, you know, like there's little kids that, I've seen little kids where I've um, shown just fire on a video and they'd run away, you know, from their, uh, what they saw down south. And they're just like almost crying. And I'm, you see they're scared and they're hard by their mother. And um, even when I'm on country with some of the um, victims down there when, and I lit a little fire for them, you know, and we're doing a little workshop on country just to give them a different perspective of fire and help with healing. And, and it was like, you know, like really hard for them. But when they were there at the fire, they, they found this information. They saw how gentle the fire was, its purpose and why. And it, you know, it was something that to be friends with the fire. And that's how Aboriginal people, you know, have been managing the land, you know. It's understanding fire, it's not dangerous, you know. Yeah. Like, it's not going to take off on you and it's not going to be a raging fire because it's lighting at that right time where it's, it can't do that. Um, so that friendly fire is what we need to teach the, teach the kids and, you know, we need to start by managing the land and get them to know that concept and, and that's why the book is so important, you know, and creating Uncle Cool and getting him out on the land and uh, teaching them kids about all the little indicators around fire and little stories, and, you know, and what and who we are now, you know, and a little bit of a reflection through the storytelling as well on who we are now as society and why we're fighting fire and, and how we need to change that with a lot of learning and hard work and listening and getting out there and, um, and um, yeah, seeing it actually happen. And I'd rather have children born in the world seeing people look after the land with fire than children born in the world and looking at devastating fire. Yeah, I, I, I fully understand. And um, yeah. you mentioned Uncle Ku, which... Uh, it's it's such a, such a a lovely character, and I guess I I really want to know more about whether this this is a character or who is Uncle Ku to you. <laughs> well, Uncle Ku is a character I just sort of made up for the story, but I based it on my um, my uncle Russell. Yeah, who's um, my uncle on my mother's side, uh, mother's family, and um, yeah, and he um, uh, is a, just an amazing elder, you know, and. I just um, so um, I just admire him, you know, because he has so much knowledge, and he does the same sort of work out on country and teaching and taking students out. And you know, he's such a great um, role model, and uh, I just wanted to honour him as well, and um, and base the character on him and what he looks as well. And so mm -hmm. my sister was able to just um, paint him up and in the book, and you know, get his features. And we even got the kids, you know, from our my son's friends and down the street and. Um, I just got all different kids from different nationalities in the back of a truck and took them out bush and, and we made the video for the music for the book as well, a music video and yeah, and just getting that fun happening and just making education for the kids and, and just starting to, um, you know, like, it's just more fun and I just want to have fun and it's a chance to do the music and dance to the film and, and it's a chance to get away from all the bureaucracy and all the seriousness and all the, like, when you head against the wall, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and when you look at like where people are at as well with um, uh, learning about, about this and, and about the change that we need to have with our landscape, you know, everyone's at baby steps, even the adults. And that, and uh, you know, many people, you know, still don't know those really simple things about looking after the land and fire, and and so that's why the you know the adults would learn. And I thought, well, 
if they're all uh, babysitters and let's do some kids stuff and let's do some stuff that's fun and a bit more cultural in the sense of arts as well and you know and knowledge and and sharing and yeah and so I'm hopefully gonna try and uh, work on another one you know and about the trees mm-hmm. and, and um, see if we can take Uncle Cool for another walk <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to it I hope you make a series I'll have every single book in my house and for all of my nieces my sisters I uh, yeah I I really think the way that you convey this information was so beautiful like I I had high expectations but then when reading it and everything it was just phenomenal and also so Sandra Stephenson, your sister, her artwork is so powerful. Like it adds a, com- it's like a new element, a new dimension to the information that you're trying to convey. I, I, you know, I don't know about like spoiling parts of the book, but there were some of her uses of color, particularly when we're discussing some of the topics that we have today, talking about bushfires that just hit, yeah. but like in a really powerful way. Um, so I mm-hmm. wanted to ask, uh, you know, this this collaboration with Sandra, your sister. How, like, how was it? Uh, Do you intend to have her back for the other books? <laughs> uh, you know, like, uh, I just grew up, like, she's older than me. She's my older sister, uh, five, nearly six years older than me. And and um, I grew up, you know, as you know, young, as a little fella, you know, five, six, seven, eight, you know, that age. And just remember just watching her, like, painting all the time as a, young, as a little girl, you know, art and just doing stuff. Um, and um, I said, like going to play and come back and see how the paintings evolved, and it was always beautiful what she was doing, and and yeah, she's just been an amazing artist all her life, you know, and doing pottery, and uh, it's just amazing what she does there too, and uh, she's also an art teacher for Dissonet as well, and she's doing that all her life, and, and she's, um, you know, wants to um, do something else, and I thought, well, you know, get her involved, and I've always um, loved a painting, so I just asked the publisher if I could just use my sister for the illustrations, and it's like, yeah, and I said, all right, good, because she knows me and she knows um, uh, what I'm like, and in terms of the knowledge, and we can work well together. And it's, um, yeah, it's just really easy process, and she understands what I, you know, all the things I want in in, the, in all the pages for the text, and it just made life really easy, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So getting and she's just really great, you know, and at her work and 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 to get all the comments, everyone just comments them straight away on all the you know the beauty and of of you know as soon as open the pages and see the beauty inside, it's just yeah, it's just really nice to hear. Um, so you know, so much credit for her for that work. Yeah, absolutely, and. I, I, I guess I can see that, like, your collaboration, that a lot of children's books are stunning, but I feel like you can feel just how well-paired and how in sync both of you are with what you've created. It's just, it really is a, a wonderful book. It's in every in every sense. Uh, for anyone yeah, who's thanks. just starting to tune in, I'm speaking with Tagalaka author, musician, and consultant, Victor Stephenson, who is the author of two really amazing books, uh, the first one being Fire Country, How Indigenous Fire Management Could Help Save Australia, and the second being a children's book called Looking After Country with Fire, Aboriginal Burning Knowledges with Uncle Ku, who takes us on a journey uh, informing us about how we can use fire to care for country and how fire is something that we should be a friend, friends with, not something that we should be necessarily fighting. And so, 
before you, you've mentioned how uh, you express knowledge in so many different ways. Uh, you know, from things like discussions, yarns, like what we're doing now in workshops to music and clearly with writing. Uh, At the end of Looking After Country with Fire, you've written a song of the same name. So I was wondering if you could tell us a bit about your, what what music means to you, because it clearly has a big role in your life. Yeah, well, um, the song at the back is called Cool Burning. And uh, it's a, um, just a little track that I just wanted to share. And like music has always been part of life and uh, you know grew up with all you know all my mates and brothers down at the Cranda you know river there we're growing up camping and taking the guitars down and you know playing guitars all night uh, by the fire and uh, yeah it's just a uh, like music has always been part of our life and uh, you know and I think growing up in Coranda as well a very musical place you know Nantucka band and Zena and you know the Pad Boys and you know everyone can play the guitar and we'll fight over it when we're uh, around it <laughs> growing up like that you know it was like music was everywhere all the time around growing up in Coranda and, and I've always had a love for the for the arts as well and and so yeah and just just one you know it's just something that I just love to do and and so making music for, for this sort of stuff is good because I just think that um, you know it just gives the kids more material it gives them more chance to have a laugh and dance and you know I, I Played it to a few, a few groups of kids, and, and everyone seems to have jig along, and yeah, it's just having a bit of fun, you know, and and that's what it's all about in terms of knowledge transfer too, you know. It's, I wanted to do that to also add in those extra components in a modern sense, because when we look at the way knowledge has been passed down, it's been passed down through dances and you know through ceremony and things, and I'm not saying that the ceremony is the art, that's that's for sure, but. Certainly, the arts um, have and ceremony have um, similar components of song and dance, you know. And but you know that's the problem today. You know, we need the song and dance to be relevant to our kids. And and you know, I'm trying to encourage more um, Indigenous artists to do some children's songs as well. And currently, got um, you know, Marindi Schreiber doing something from Cook Yalangi up there in Cairns, and she's recording a song now for kids. And I've been able to help get that for her for the um, try and get something into the schools too you know and try and build more content around that and um, and that's something I'm interested in around the application of traditional knowledge in modern sense and how we should be you know still you know evolving culture and making sure that we still have those values and, and um, you know those components that help make it more effective and more fun and um, and um, yeah and all those things so between the love of music and, and you know and the you know, and the meaning behind that, you know, in the sense of why it's so important to me. Um, and I think for everyone, uh, that's why I wanted to do the music, you know, through the book. And and hopefully, you know, maybe the kids will be singing a, you know, music in their school, hopefully, you know? Yeah. You know, but whatever, even if it's one kid, it doesn't matter, you know? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I, I was actually having this conversation just earlier with my producer because we were playing um, Emma Donovan's uh, songs where she has, uh, uh, I guess, uh, translated and also created um, certain uh, children's songs into language. Uh, um, and they were just beautiful. And we're talking about how uh, impactful that can be. And I remember from my childhood being able to experience uh, different Aboriginal languages in song and how that's just stuck with me and those words have stuck with me until I've reached adulthood. So I think it's really powerful. And it it also reminds me of a conversation I had recently um 
which uh, was with a Rajri astrophysicist called Kirsten Banks. And she's mm. someone who really appeals to a younger audience to talk about science and talk about Aboriginal knowledges. And uh, mm. she was sort of asked about um, w- why she's on, you know, certain social media platforms. Why did she choose those avenues? And she said, you know, it's really important for us to go to where the people are that we want to educate. We need to be reaching out to them. And I feel like with all of your different ways of expressing knowledge and expressing yourself, you have done remarkably to be able to reach a wide range of audiences. And I'm really excited, I guess, to see uh, where you continue with music and the resources that you create for children, because I feel like that's going to be super impactful for the next generation. So I just yeah, de- yeah, definitely. Yeah, and we need to get more people involved, you know. And that's the whole point, like, you know, doing the, this book was... You know, getting, you know, your sister involved, getting the kids down the street involved, getting the uncle involved, um, you know, getting getting people involved and community involved in, in, in every way possible. And I think, you know, that's what we need to be happening. And, um, and if we can do things in a way that we share and in and, and a way that um, encourages people, um, then um, I think that's something, that, a good way that we can look at music and creating resources and doing our art and being artists in a way that... Um, you know, that really shares a lot more with people and, and gets people involved. And so that's something that, you know, I think would be really, really, really great to focus on. <laughs> Good. And my, my final question for you actually really ties into that because I know that we have a lot of really passionate listeners who always, um, you know, they love learning new things, but a lot of the time it's like, what can I do? What, what actions can I take to actually make a difference? And so I was wondering, is there anything that our uh, listeners at home might be able to do to um, help uh, I guess close the gap in finally reaching a proper way of um, managing land with fire here in Australia. Oh yeah, you know, firstly to know that there's there's so much happening out there, and just to know and to know that it's happening and that there's so many communities that are trying to get this rolling and and you know onto their land, you know, and and to know that that um, there's so much efforts that all the communities doing on their own and working together and. In all shapes and forms of what they're, what they're all doing is is happening, and and we can support it by knowing that you know and sharing that and um, you know talking about that and um, you know there's there's ways that people in cities that are working as lawyers that are supporting communities that are working in design, they're working in um, building you know um, you know all that design stuff and technology and helping people in terms of with education and um, training and. Um, universities with uh, scholarships and there's ways that everyone can contribute and support and rather than being out there just lighting the match and you know and yet you know we see that we know we've got to see you know thousands of more people employed looking after the land and that's what we've got to aim for and um, you know we've got to um, harness everyone to do that and um, I think you know the hardest part is getting everyone to work together you know in the sense but, but I know that there's enough people working together now to, to really get you know, snowballing down the track, you know. So, yeah, it's, you know, just knowing that things are happening and knowing that, um, you know, getting out on country and if you're living out of remote areas or living in rural areas, you know, you can always contact your local Aboriginal rangers and ask them and, you know, there's a good chance that some of them are already out there doing burns and and um, help with your property and for property owners. And, and that's what's happening, you know. We, we're just inundated with properties that are saying, hey, come and help manage our land and, and other communities that couldn't, you know, um, burn a blade of grass, you know, they couldn't even get anywhere to do any work and the aspiration was to manage their land, but no one would give them land to burn. Now they have 
got more land they can poke a stick at, <laughs> you know. And that's all from, you know, all the workshops and all the, uh, you know, sharing and being inclusive and um, helping the farmers with their problems as well and, and making the rural community and uh, understand with all, by actually going there and lighting the fires and giving them the experience rather than talking about it. And, and that's where, when we do that, then, you know, Mother Earth is talking because the fire's gone on the land. That's, she's got it. And when she we, goes out where it say it goes out and when it goes, goes as high as we say it's going to go and that's cool and what will burn and what won't burn and it does exactly that, well, that's Mother Earth saying, yes, that's right. And um, when people see that, they understand. And so that's why we just got to get out there and do it. And what, what we've seen at the moment, and, you know, it's just talk. Just, it's just all talk because we haven't, they haven't even started to do what needs to happen in terms of managing this land better and showing that there is a way to slow down the wildfires and make it um, a lot more manageable and also save a lot more lives. And it's going to take a long time to get to the point of total resi- uh, resilience. It's going to take generations yeah. because they've shifted the land so much and they put our children in so much debt that there's so much work to do. And that's why looking at ways of tying the green economy to it and um, looking at ways how, um, you know, all the credit systems work and uh, ways to, that it can be funded but also make money through, you know, that green economy of healthy country and other ways to, um, you know, create business and, re, you know, and replace crops like cotton that are killing our rivers. And, you know, that's, we've, everything's got to change. Yeah. You know, like you look at the the wheat and everything like that, and wheat is bad for us. You know, that's that's you know all that gluten and white bread and you know and everything that's killing us is also killing the land. And we got to change, you know. And it's really devastating what's happening out there. And I can tell you that some areas almost make you cry because you drive for an hour, hour and a half, and it's just you don't see a tree. You just see dead tree trunks on the ground. Yeah. Where been chain pulled and bulldozers and you know and it's just like really really sad and um, and all over Australia it's just there's a lot of work to do and I you know there's no light where to lie about that you know and that's why you know we got to do it and we got to make them that road for those kids it's going to get harder for them and um, you know and if they've got that knowledge and if we really can show a way of doing work on country that is showing results, is creating happiness, it's showing that the grasses are coming back, it's showing that the, the trees are healthier, we're showing that the fires are actually more manageable during the summer and, um, you know, then, then, you know, the kids will see hope and following on from that and ensuring that um, that improves and improves into the future and becomes just like before, you know, people are more connected to the landscape and, and not so ignorant and disconnected and unaware uh, and that's, that's, that's really is about it's inevitable you know we have to do this because it's just bad yeah, no, <laughs> but in the sense of how the land is you know yeah Abs- absolutely and like on on indigenuity, I've had the chance to speak to uh, around. I think we've finally reached around like thirty guests now. You're my thirtieth episode, I think. <laughs> so, um, and I've I've had the chance to yarn with a few like many different people who have talked about similar issues relating to country in mm. different capacities. And so, I really do see like there is just this wide wider problem, and that education really does seem like the first step. 
for people. So I really admire everything you're doing. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I look forward to anything you produce in future. I can't wait to engage with it. Yeah, no, thanks a lot, eh? and um, you know, and you know, and turn on a good note. Um, there's there's a lot of beautiful country still left there, you know, and and there's some and another thing, so many communities are getting rolling with this, and so there's a real positive way forward, and I'm looking forward to um, you know, like you know, the time ahead. Good. I, yeah, I, I love that. We'll, we'll yeah. keep this positive energy, find a way that we can all make a difference in our, like with our different yeah. skill sets and educate ourselves. I feel like, um, yeah, I, I look it. forward to future generations for sure. No worries. Thanks heaps, Faith, for having me on. Yeah. Thank you, Victor. Absolute pleasure. So, uh, okay, bye. <laughs> thank you. So, yeah, we were just li- uh, listening to Tagalaka author, uh, consultant, musician, amazing human being, Victor Stephenson, who has written two really uh, wonderful books. I cannot uh, praise them enough. I really love them, and it's exciting to be able to even chat with him today. The first one is Fire Country, How Indigenous Fire Management Could Help Save Australia. It's very powerful, very informative. Uh, and then if you want something that's more geared towards younger audiences, but honestly, I think everyone can gain something from this book. It is the children's book, which is called Looking After a Country with Fire, Aboriginal Burning Knowledges with Uncle Ku, illustrated by Victor's sister, Sandra Stephenson. And that book is just phenomenal. The artwork, the story, the way it's conveyed how informative it is, I really do recommend. Um, If you can, please read those books. And as Victor said, find something that you can do in your personal life to make a difference in these areas. And so today we've had the pleasure of speaking with Victor Stephenson. Victor is a Tagalaka author, musician and consultant applying traditional knowledge values in a contemporary context. He's written two amazing books about uh, fire management practices, one which is called Fire Country, How Indigenous Fire Management Could Help Save Australia. The book is as impactful as that title. It's a great read, very informative. Um, But there's also a book that he's recently published, which is more geared towards younger audiences, but also so uh, such a valuable resource for literally everyone. So it's accessible for your deadly little young ones, but also anyone can benefit from this book. And it's called Looking After Country with Fire, Aboriginal Burning Knowledges with Uncle Ku, illustrated by Sandra Stephenson. Uh, it's it's really informative the way that the, he uh, conveys, I guess, like really uh, helpful factual knowledge about fire management while also making it a story where we're accompanied by this elder Uncle Ku and he's taking us through and teaching us while also, uh, I guess, educating one of the biggest takeaways is educating people on that we should be friends with fire. We shouldn't be fighting fire. We should be working with it. And uh, this book is also illustrated by his sister, Sandra Stephenson, and the artwork is phenomenal. Like, I I'm prob- you know, I, I know I'm, I'm hyping this, but I really think it was powerful. And reading with the information and seeing how she chose to convey each page through her artwork, I, I thought it made a massive impact. And I, you know, I'm buying <laughs> copies for everyone, every young one in my life. Um, and I really do recommend that you check it out because I think they're excellent reads and you would not regret it. Uh, but that is that is us finishing up for this week. So I appreciate you for sticking around. I hope that you were able to take away something from Victor's chat. If you missed it, hop onto rrr.org.au. Listen to Indigenuity. Check out all of our past episodes. In particular, listen back to this one. Uh, he gave us this excellent takeaway of that there is something that everyone could be doing to help in terms of improving uh, the way that we engage with our land and healing country through fire management. 
and gave some examples of, you know, even if you're not geared towards a uh, working with community or uh, being knowledgeable in anything to do with land or fire, there's still something that you could probably do in your everyday life, in your work that could benefit. And so uh, I encourage you to think creatively of the difference that we can make because he's very inspired and encouraged that we are heading towards a more positive place for this country, that we are heading towards uh, a brighter future and with a lot of hope for our young generation, how the kids that he works with are always so engaged and so willing to learn. So I want to uh, support that and I really hope that we are moving towards a healthier place for country. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's Indigenuity a weekly radio show hosting conversations with Indigenous knowledge holders showcasing all forms of Indigenous ingenuity. Indigenuity is broadcast live on Triple R every Sunday afternoon. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website or Twitter at IndigenuityAU.